Welcome to the Rise Podcast, where inclusivity is our priority. Hello, everybody. My name is Sean English. I am the host of the Rise Podcast. Welcome to episode three. Here we have the my guest, Evan Austin. Evan, can you just say hi real quickly? Yeah, what's going on? Okay, so uh, I'm really excited about this, if you guys can't tell. Uh, Evan is is an incredible athlete, uh, Paralympian, and I'm just going to give a, a little short bio, and then we're going to jump right into things like we normally do. So uh, Evan is a 28-year-old Paralympic swimmer from Terre Haute, Indiana. I got that one right? Nice. Okay, good. Uh, he graduated from ISU in 2019 with a degree in sports management. Uh, he is a two-time Paralympian and planning to compete in Tokyo this upcoming summer, pending Olympic trials. Uh, Evan is currently a volunteer assistant coach of the Purdue women's swimming and diving team, and he is coming off a gold at Worlds in 2019. A gold medal, ladies and gentlemen, a gold medal. Uh, well, first question, we'll talk about a lot of things, but was it heavy? I've always wondered, like, is it heavy? Uh, it's pretty dense. Yeah, it's, it, there's, it's, there's something to it, you know, something you, to certainly it? Feel, you certainly feel it in your hand, you know, it's, it's not like those paper thin ones that you used to get, you know, competing as like a little kid it, it it's pretty tactile okay that's yeah I, I wanted to ask that one right away um <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about your life before we get into um you know Tokyo and, and London and Rio and even worlds uh again in in London uh so let's talk a little bit about your life um what makes you a Paralympian per se like talk about your story you can talk about anything that you want right here uh let's just get a Get, get to know you a little bit more the person yeah. um let's see what makes me a paralympian uh i was born with a, a genetic disorder um i inherited from my mother um it's called familial spastic paraparesis um it's a genetic disorder uh that presents itself very similarly to um cerebral palsy cp uh, which is pretty common um there's just a few key differences um there's a dormancy that can exist with our disease so um my mother um she no, didn't actually present any symptoms until her mid forties. Um, and for me, I had symptoms when I was about two or three years old. So um, it can be in your body and kind of attack, you know, your system at any point. Um, I got mine early, which uh, all things considered was actually kind of a blessing because this is, this has been my normal, my entire life. Um, I've had to watch my mother kind of adjust, you know, after having lived, lived so many years being fine. And then, um, the disease hit her too. So, um, yeah, I inherited my disease from my mother and, uh, something that kind of like binds us together, makes us a little bit closer, which is kind of cool. Um, but I have an older brother who's able-bodied, um, not anything wrong with him, freaking golden child. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, his name's Adam and, uh, he's just under two years older than me and our parents, you know, raised us uh, identically uh they didn't make any you know special exceptions because i had a disability and um they didn't you know cater to anything like it was no feel sorry for yourself you know in my household um and adam was a star athlete like he was just always good at gym right like when he went to PE class like everyone was like oh get adam um because like we just did everything growing up we played t-ball and um, soccer and basketball and um, we were not allowed to play football because my mom didn't want us to get brain damage um, but you know like other than that like we we did everything um, and 
so I, I, I was born and bred in this family of just like this competitive spirit. Um, and so whatever my older brother did, I did as well. So Adam played T-ball. I played T-ball two years later. Adam played basketball. I played basketball two years later. Adam played soccer. I played soccer two years later. And when I was a kid and my disease was just starting to present itself, um, there were no, you know, major differences, I guess, between me and other three-year-old, four-year-old kids. I mean, we're all, you know, just derps running around, you know, trying to like hit a baseball or, you know, you got like bumblebee soccer where they're just buzzing around the ball on the field. Um, So, you know, it was fine. Um, But as I started to get older, and my disease started to present itself uh, uh, more severely. Um, I had to kind of remove myself from athletics completely. And I had this surgery, um, pretty invasive surgery when I was six. And that left me um, sidelined, I guess is what you would call it. Um, but I was um, you know, paralyzed essentially from the waist down, couldn't move for uh, six to eight months or something like that. I was in these leg long splints, you know, like when you jam a finger, they give you something like just right here. I had that from ankle, you know, to, to my hip joint, basically on both legs um, for multiple, multiple months. And, uh, and it sucked. It really did. Like I was, I was a kid and all I wanted to do was just play, you know, like sports and just go outside and be with friends. Right. Um, so I, I really at a young age grew up real fast, like in such a short amount of time when you like have this realization that, like maybe I'm not going to be like all the other kids. Right. And so I started to miss things that kids usually don't miss, like going outside and playing sports or just playing tag or hide and go seek or whatever. I just, I just wanted to be part of the group that like, you know, I just wanted to be a kid. So I finally recovered from my, my surgery and, and uh, started to get, literally my legs back under me um and uh, the disparity between what i used to be kind of comparable playing with kids to post-surgery i mean i wasn't even close um and and that was tough that sucked honestly um i wanted to play baseball but i couldn't run the bases i want to play soccer but there's no way i could run up and down the field like i wanted to play basketball but i just didn't have stamina to just do hot laps you know up and down the court um meanwhile Adam, my older brother, is excelling at all these things, right? Like, and I'm, it's just killing me. Um, but Adam has one kryptonite his entire life. Uh, to this day, he still jumps in a pool and, like, holds his nose so, no, like, no water gets up there. Um, and so I always had an affinity for the water. Like, that was, like, a sanctuary for me, very therapeutic. And it helped, like, in my recovery process, too. You know, like, water is weightless and my joints could move more freely and, and my parents noticed you know, kind of this affinity that I had and, and suggested that I sign up for the swim lessons. And so I did, and, and I loved it. I, I literally fell in love with it. Um, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have people looking at me or if they were, I, I couldn't see them because my head was in the water, my face was in the water. I couldn't hear people, you know, saying things or even you know, yelling at me or, or like whatever. I was just in my own space. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the feeling. And, and so I completed these swim lessons and, and was recommended by my instructor to sign up for our local swim team in, in Terre Haute called the Terre Haute Torpedoes. And so my family was like, yeah, let's go for it. You know, um, let's do it. And from the moment I signed up, like, uh, this is my thing. Uh, I'm going to be a swimmer 
and that's all I want to do from now. I don't, I don't want to try and catch up to the other kids. I'm not here to play basketball or, you know, baseball or soccer, whatever. Like this is, this is my thing. And I like, I was all in, I just went to like, you know, top gear and wanted to get better. And so I spent years just grinding. I, I just love the feeling that like, I'm in my spot, I'm in my Zen area, I'm getting better. Um, you know, I had to deal with frustrations, you know, being just, uh, an impaired kid, having a physical impairment, like childhood's not easy. I had to deal with bullying and, and you know, co- like constant self-esteem issues and, and all these things. And when I was in the water, like that just evaporated. I, I, I was only looking at a black line and, you know, just in my zone. And so, you know, flash forward, I, I turned 15 years old and I'm approached by this, you know, random coach at a swim meet saying like, hey, have you, have you ever heard of the Paralympics? And I was like, no, I have no idea what that is. And he's like, well, can I talk to your coach about it? And I was like, yeah, he's right over there. Whatever, you can do you, man. And so he educates my coach on like this whole movement that is made for adaptive sport athletes that have impairments like physical impairments, visual impairments. And, and the, the, my initial reaction was I want nothing to do with it. Uh, Like uh, the last thing I want to do is be another spectacle. Like I I don't want people looking at me because I have an impairment because I have a disability like that, that whole notion made me just, just immensely uncomfortable. And I, you know, my coach is a really intuitive guy and, and big on research and, and, you know, really, really smart. And, and he did, you know, pretty extensive stuff and was like, I don't think we're right about what we think about this. You know, I don't think it's a, Hey, look at all the disabled kids. Like they're trying, like, he's like, it's a, it's a competitive whole show. Like it's, it's a big deal. Cause so I was like, you know, I'm starting to loosen my grip on, I don't want to be a part of this. And so we decided I, I had made trials cuts in 2015. I was, uh, or excuse me, 2008, I was 15 years old. Um, and so we went up to Minneapolis, Minnesota, University of Michigan. And, and I went to my first meet uh, for Paralympics and um, ended up uh, becoming an alternate for the 08 Beijing team. And uh, I like it kind of just in a wave hit me like, oh man, I could have done something really special up here. Like I, I was about to go to Beijing, China to represent team USA at the Paralympic game. Like that's a huge deal. And like, I, I don't know why I'd been so against the entire notion of it. So I came back to Indiana and, and had a couple days break where, I, you know, just a sob story, like, mm, why is life so unfair? I should have made that team, you know, whatever. Um, and I come to practice like three or four days later and, and yeah, I'm still just, I'm singing the blues. And my coach just, I mean, deadpan stares me in the face and he's like, do you, you hate the way you feel right now? And I was like, yeah, I like, this is the worst. I never want to feel like this again. And he really, you never want to feel like that again. No, I never want to feel like this again. Will you promise me that you'll do everything in your power never to feel that way again? And I just kind of, yeah, I do promise. And for four years, I mean, I was after it. I, I, one, I was 15 to like 19 years old. This thing called becoming a man happened. And like, <laughs> all of a sudden I'm like buck 65, I'm six foot and, you know, still growing. And, you know, I, I get to trials in 2012 and I'm like, all right then, you know, like, let's do this. And, and I had the meat of my life and um, went 
13 for 14 best times. I think I set 11 American records or something like that. And, and, uh, and my name was announced and, uh, it's still a moment. I mean, I, I'm, I'm seeing it clear today. You know, I, I jump up, my coach jumps up, my family, you know, they bear hug me and, and I just walk down and, you know, they say congrats and they give me this goodie bag and I'm 19 years old, just trying to keep it together. But like, you know, just these non-stoic tears. I mean, I'm not, you know, just having like a huge cry fest and, um, and it's been an unbelievable journey since. I mean, I, I went to London and, um, I didn't win any medals and then I, you know, went to Rio and still didn't win any medals. And then, uh, I went to worlds in 2019 back in London and, and won my first major hardware at a world championships, won a world championship gold. And, and the plan is to go to Tokyo and make it third times charm and, and bring back some, some fun, uh, some fun hardware. Yeah. I would, I would love to see that. Um, and I'm rooting for you, of course. Oh, thank you. I, thank you. I am incredibly impressed with uh, with that story, and I I can relate to some of that in, in my own way. Yeah, uh, I wasn't I wasn't as young as you were, but I was like a junior in high school when I uh, lost my leg. Yeah, and like the the people looking at me weird. That's the thing that I didn't understand. And somebody talked about the Paralympics, and I thought the exact same way as you. I thought I was kind of like alone when I thought that way. Right. And I think that's something that hopefully the direction of this podcast makes it a like we didn't have a stigma going into it because we didn't really know much about the Paralympics, but just the immediate negative effect was just long-term just negative connotations resulting from a disability. So anytime you think of a disability, people will think like the term weak or uh, you can't do certain things. Like we need to get rid of that. And that's hopefully the goal of this podcast is to get rid of that. So when young children hear that there is this thing called the Paralympics, they can be excited about it. Oh, um, and I'm, I'm really excited to hopefully uh, make that impact. But just touching on your story real quickly, um, I think we all have that, that coach in our life right. that keeps us grounded, keeps us driven, right. and, and wants us to, to succeed in the, in the best way we can succeed. And I think that's extremely important. For me, that was my dad. My dad was my coach my whole life. Nice. But uh, like the, we're not just talking about coaches. Everyone has their quote-unquote coach. Yeah. that uh, keeps them keeps them really driven and focused. And I, I'm very excited to hear that you had the same thing as well. Yeah, we, I mean, I am just a product of my village, right? Like my community support system um, has never wavered. My family has been unbelievable. Um, uh, my father as well, um, you know, just a huge part of my life. My mother, um, I watched her transition from having no symptoms and, you know, now her symptoms actually present themselves more severely than mine. And so, um, the strength I, I, you know, gathered from watching, uh, you know, my mom do it. I have no room to complain if my mother's out here, you know, in her mid forties when she gets diagnosed and, and she's just, you know, that, that's part of her new normal. Right. And so, I also had my brother, right? Like, God love him. If I didn't have the person I looked up to and I wanted to be the most, which is my my older brother, I, I wanted to be better than him at everything. I wanted that competitive edge. I had that drive because of him. Like, my older brother Adam's my hero. It's crazy. Um, and and it's not easy. It's never easy, right? Um, relationship strain and, and the processes get difficult and and stresses arise and you have injuries and you know more complications and um but my 
my community support just like never stopped with me there you know i had bumps for sure for me like i i created adversities in my life where um i I didn't take it as seriously or um my you know motivation drifted and and theirs never did so i think you're right um your dad and and uh, your other you know community support and and your your village i mean that's that's why i'm here that's why i've had the success i have yeah i I think just that perspective switch that we talked about earlier, where you were crying or you were sad about like not winning or not being better or not feeling accomplished. And your coach was just like, use that. That's, that's your, that's your fuel right now. And I think I I went through something similarly as well, where I was like, I could cry or I could just do my life. You know, like this is crying. Isn't going to bring my life back. Crying isn't going to re rebirth you as, as your brother, you know, like, and I think that's the huge perspective that everyone in, in this movement that we're talking about has is we could cry about it, but there's no, there's no reason to. And that's the thing I love about the Paralympic movement too, is because you're not jumping in the pool with the only like crazy story. You, you are one of every single athlete that has one of those stories. Maybe, maybe in, in the Olympics, there's, there's the one runner that gets out of the the small hometown or the or a third world country because he's fast. Like that's a really cool story, but nobody has the I had to watch my mom deal with the same battle that I had to deal with. And you even saying that you're lucky is that that mindset that I wish everyone in the world had. Right. And that's the whole point of this podcast again is to get that mindset out so people don't have to be diagnosed with a disability to really understand their their worth and, and value. Yeah, that, that's the big thing is, is um, there needs to be a, a, you know, a continental shift in perspective value, right? Like, everyone has something at like, and, and, and gratitude too. like, yeah, my deck of cards, I, I got dealt a bad hand, right? But I'm at the table, and I'm going to play them hard, right? And, and so many people, they forget that. It, I mean, you cannot change a lot of things like this. Uh, there's no cure for that, right? You cannot regenerate your leg. Like, what do you do? Stop living? Like, that's that's ludicrous to me. You know what I mean? Like, and and I have other skills, right? Like, I have things in my head that make sense to me that I think about that someone that hasn't had a disability or a diagnosis of like an impairment that wouldn't even cross their mind, right? So, like, I have input that able-bodied people don't see. Right. And you have input that other people don't see. And so I think we just have to like this podcast is so important because you got to get to know everyone. You can't make up your own idea of what this person has and their value that they like can bring to me. I mean, like you have value. John, you you started this podcast, right? Like you've given me a platform to talk. You've given multiple people a platform to talk. That's important. Right. And hopefully you've gotten multiple people an opportunity to listen and when they're listening hopefully they're learning right so just want to let you know like you're making an impact right now and like that that needs to be you know commended i'm yeah i'm very happy to hear that because that's all i want to do is uh is scratch the surface on on what these these athletes and this movement is capable of right uh and i'm i'm very excited to do so very excited to have you here too you said the that got dealt a bad hand but i'm still at the table that's going to be a nice little 
like quote that I can put up <laughs> like making my job. I'm a communications major. I'm not one of the digital engineer people. Right, right, right. I don't even need to listen to the to the whole podcast to find a, a nice quote that's up on Instagram because that's a good one right there. I'm really excited. Uh, I'm glad I could provide that for you. Um yeah, so let's let's talk about worlds. Um yeah. I, you've had this Paralympic experience going into worlds. You've you've graduated college you've you've really become the person that you want to be and it's time for you to to receive that hardware that you've always wanted to talk about what was that feeling of just just maybe popping out of the pool for the first time maybe seeing your parents faces like what just i, I just want to know what that feeling's like yeah i mean whew, uh it's it's heavy it's uh but in a good way like it's it's dense i guess that's the better word um there's just so much going on. And yet it feels like, you know, the journey from lane four to, you know, the ladder at the side of the pool. I mean, that could have taken 25 minutes for all I know. You know I mean? It, I turned and I actually heard that I won before I saw it. Right. Like, so the board was on the opposite end. So like when I finished, you know, my butterfly, you know, touched the wall it's actually behind me. So I have to pull a full 180 to like read the board and my eyes aren't so good at long distances anyway. So like, you know, um, but I finished and, um, they had commentary, you know, kind of blasting through the whole, you know, natatorium. And, and all I heard was this guy, yeah, like, and Evan Austin wins his first world championship. And like, that was, that was the first thing I heard. And I mean, before I could even like, gather what was going on like i'm making eye contact with my my mother and father oh man talking about this um and it was just uh it just meant a lot because in my family <laughs> the movie cool runnings is like a huge part of my family um my grandparents had it and like that's all the like other than that it was you know these black and white films from like way way back in the day so Cool Runnings I watched every time I went to my grandparents' house. And there's a quote in that movie that says, if you're not enough without a gold medal, you'll never be enough with it. And it just, like, it comes to mind just to keep us grounded. Like, if, if my life's a failure because I don't win a gold medal and I've done all this other amazing stuff along this journey, then I think I, you know, I'm missing the point completely. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not saying I don't want to win a gold, but I'm not saying my life won't be considered success if I don't. <laughs> um, but I, I think the biggest thing for me that like winning a world championship was a couple things on my day that I was called to be the best. I was the best. Like I, I didn't even go best time. I just, I was better than everyone else in the field that day. And so like, that was huge for me that like I had the, my upstairs neighbors are vacuuming. If you can hear that, I'm so sorry. Um, I had the ability to like test me. Like that, that's what athletics and competition is about. Like who, who's the best? Like that, that's why we do this. And on my day that I was called to be the best, I was the best. And two, like medals don't mean that much to me. In fact, I don't even have it here. Um, like it's, it's not even in my apartment. Um, I could give something tangible to my community. I could like, I, I could let my, my, my father and my mother like hold a gold medal. I could, I could give that to my brother and say like, this is as much yours as it was mine because without you, I wouldn't have become this. Right. And, and my coach and, and, and my team, like I, I could show them like, 
guys, you put work in and, and things like this happen. Like, that's, that's how, that's cause and effect. Like, I didn't just wake up and win a world champion. Like, I busted my backside for <laughs> over a decade, <laughs> well over a decade, yeah. to compete for less than 30 seconds and make this happen, right? Like, it's crazy. And so, you know, I just remember it being like really special just because of the look in my father's eyes. Um, like I said, it's pretty heavy. Um, I just wanted to make them proud. And I know that they were immensely proud anyway. And they like, they don't care if I never want to go. I could have gotten DQ that race and they still would have been immensely proud. Um, but like seeing them watching their son become world champion it was like the best i mean it's the best moment um and then uh since that day i i can't listen to the national anthem without being on the podium right like i i can't be in that moment i can't like even at big tens but i just got back from coaching big tens last week you know they played before every final session and and the only thing that's in my head is like, I'm in the London Aquatic Center and I'm looking at the flag being raised for me and I hear that song. And so I just remember being just so vivid. I, I, I mean, if you asked me to recreate the whole thing to a, like the perfect detail, I think I could do that just from my, my head because it was just, uh, I mean, that's best day in my competitive life, like in my, in my swimming career that, I mean, nothing, even comes close to that yeah that's uh that, that gives me chills just thinking about the the national anthem and, and yeah. just everything in general yeah. um yeah let's talk a little bit about um I have, I have some questions that i have to ask you and some of them relate to uh to to you coaching so uh for those of you that don't know um kelsey is part of the exec board here with rise and she's also a part of the women's swimming team and uh, Evan it is the volunteer assistant coach for the women's swimming team. So we have a little overlap there. So I got some inside information before we could, uh, before I could even tell him. And I haven't told him some of the stuff that I'm going to talk about here. Yeah, I'm totally in the, I have no idea what's going on here. So, and these could be some hit or miss ones. These are just some things that she told me. And I was wondering, like, I've got like six questions. Yeah. Uh, is there a song that you like to listen to during practice? And then I have in quotes, potential breakup song. I don't know what this is referenced to, but I would love to hear some more. So I believe the artist is uh, Ali and AJ. Um, oh, from maybe Austin and Ali? Is that it? I don't remember. Uh, I, some d sisters on Disney Channel back in the day. Yeah, I oh no, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. Well, there's a playlist that plays. I mean, if we have, you know, ninety percent of the practice, I mean, it plays all the time. And this song, it must be on that playlist forty-five times. I don't like. It seems like it's every other song is potential breakup song, and every time it comes on, I have this huge fit like why is this song playing and then like 38 seconds later i'm singing the chorus so everyone's like is this your favorite song and i'm like i hate this song but i hear it so much i can't not sing along so like kelsey yeah thanks for that uh that's one of the worst songs 
ever made, in my opinion. That's just me. But, I mean, I just hear it so much, and every single time I I have this huge breakdown, like, I flip out, you know, I'm, I'm very exaggerated about that kind of stuff. And every single time, you know, the women on the team are just like, I think we is this the first time we've ever heard this song? Like, oh. I, how does this song go? And I'm like, uh, you know, like, yeah, I just get so agitated. So I feel like someone's added that song, you know, four or five times to the okay. playlist, just so I have to hear it multiple times in practice. So, uh, okay. no, that is not my favorite song, Kelsey. Um, I don't really know. Uh, Coach Dan, actually, on the men's team, he has some fire playlists that like you know when we're kind of like transitioning out of our practice and the men's team is arriving for their workout um he'll just plug in the ox and uh, he's got some cuts on there it it makes it's a nice way to leave the pool you know Uh, so i don't really know if i have a favorite during practice but i do have a a least favorite (laughs) and that would be potential breakup song that's funny um so when it comes to competing let's let's hear like your favorite event um your favorite pool you've ever competed in um do you have like any specific favorites do you have a least favorite like event pool anything favorite pool um i mean london olympic pool was like unbelievable it's crazy Dude, that's full circle for you right there yeah uh between that being the first like i mean that was my first games right so like that's for first pool us women like in the village and then to come back and, and win my first, you know, gold medal there was like, I mean, nothing. Uh, that takes the cake, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, least favorite pool? <laughs> um, I actually do have one. And I'm sure it's a great pool, but like the circumstance of what happened around the meet that I was competing in, I mean, this is the worst pool in America to me. Like, I mean, it's dumpster fire. Um, there's this pool and I, <laughs> I don't even know the town name is outside of tucson arizona we were having a national championships there and uh it was december i don't know 15th or something like mid-december and this pool is outside and i was like okay well it's in arizona it should be fine i'd never been to arizona until this time arizona is a desert which means uh no heat is retained you know as soon as the sun goes down temperature uh, drops like uh you know a brick off the side of a mountain like it, it's <laughs> and so uh it's mid-december it's freezing and everyone's like well you just gotta wait for the sun you know to heat up the pool um turns out it's placed directly next to i wouldn't call this a mountain but a very large hill which is like in the east it's east of the pool so you know we'd come in at like you know 7 30 when warm-up started And the sun's nowhere close to getting over this mountain. So like the first little like breath of sunlight that we would hit would arrive at like noon when the session's about over. So it was like 28 degrees on deck or something like that. I'm running around in a Speedo. I'm 90% naked. I'm freezing every part of my body. It's like, it's not working because I'm so cold. And to the point where I scratched the last day of events, I was just, I'm not going back. You cannot pay me to go back to that pool and compete. Um, I started getting sick. And so I'm sure it's a nice pool. <laughs> just not in December. That weekend that I was there, I made a promise I'll never go back to that place. I mean, like, you couldn't pay me enough money to go back to that place. It, it was dreadful. But 
whatever. Um, like I said, I'm sure it's a nice place when there's, you know, it's nice out, but yeah. it was, it was a mistake to host that meet there in December. So, um, well, thank you, Kelsey, again, that's two, two back-to-back really good sco- or, uh, stories right there. Um, all right. So if I had to guess what Paralympic sport you would do, let's say swimming tomorrow is just not a thing. Right. What Paralympic sport would you do? And I think what, with what Kelsey told me, if Kelsey's research is correct, it would be Paralympic bobsledding. Is this true? That is true. So however. Let's talk about that. Let's, oh, there's a however. Okay. Time out. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's called Paralympic mono bobsled because mono like bobsled. literally it's just the, just the pilot, right? So there's no whole team like pushing it down and then getting a start and like jumping in. It's just the guy who's driving the sled. Um, that event did not get picked up for Beijing. Everyone thought it was going to, but um, didn't have enough, you know, competitors or delegations that were in favor of it. So it's actually not an event being, um, you know, competed in in Beijing in 2022. Um, I'd love to try monobob sled. Like if I had the, I mean, I'd go tomorrow. I mean, that, that sounds like a great time um but uh because it's not actually an event i will i'll pick an answer or i'll pick a sport that would be you know um competed in uh uh, that's that's a good question not swimming uh that's tough truth be told i haven't played much other stuff like adaptive versions of them um you know i like i i love playing like a game of horse or something like that you know in the driveway when i was a kid um so i I guess wheelchair basketball would be like a a something up there for me um those guys are so talented though like i mean they're so far out of my league it's ridiculous but um i have big hands and i have an extremely long wingspan and a smooth jump shot, uh, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but uh, like my whole family, uh, so I'm the shortest guy at six two, and my and my father's side of the family, oh, wow. um, it's, it's, I mean they're they're giants. I mean it's ridiculous. Um, and I grew up in a basketball family. I've had you know cousins play in the NCAA tournament, and and my you know my brother Adam was a high school varsity player, and he ended up doing high jump in college, but. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone loves basketball in my family, so I'd probably be basketball um, just because bobsled will not be offered, but I'd be all in on bobsled. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let me let me talk to my people. Let me see if I can get uh, bobsled. You know. uh, <laughs> maybe after this, you might get a get a few calls from because uh, you're six two with a long wingspan and you got big hands. So seems like someone that would be uh, transitioned pretty well into wheelchair basketball. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think so. Um, honestly, I was actually, you know, coincidentally looking at this last night um, because I think uh, one of the, one of uh, Kelsey's roommates or something like that, another, another uh, a woman on the team texted me and was like, what's this about bobsled? And I was like, who are you talking? What is, what are you, what are you talking about? And she was like, Kelsey's talking about you being a bobsledder all of a sudden. And I was like, whoa, I'm not talking about so I started like looking at I wanted to make sure I was like I actually don't think Bob's got picked up because I remember hearing that and so I was looking at you know the the event list and 
And I actually, you know, you start on the internet and you just go down your little wormholes. And I was like, well, how much would it cost to buy like a sled ski, like an adaptive skiing, you know, equipment so that I, I can't stand on my legs and ski. That's just definitely not in the cards for me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that adaptive piece of equipment, it's called a, a mono ski and it like has kind of like a seated. Um, yeah, I've seen know. that. That's yeah. Uh, I've never tried that, but it looks like it's a blast. And I'm so, um, that would be maybe a, another runner in there. Um, having done it zero times, I don't know if I'd be able to just, you know, ski lift up and make it a team, but uh, it looks like it'd be a good time. So, yeah. Well, um, that's all the information, the insider information that I got from Kelsey. I guess so, thank you, Kelsey, for that. Um, I, I just no want to ask you, you again, Kelsey, no more conversation. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, she's a she's a former Purdue swimming athlete here. So yeah, she's a swimmer now. Yeah, yeah, she's a swimmer now. She said that. Yeah. Um, so let's just hear one one personal question, like a favorite movie or favorite show. Ooh, um, um, favorite movie, uh, Goodwill Hunting. Uh, that's uh, I mean, you know, loaded cast. You got uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Casey Affleck, Robin Williams. Great storyline. Kind of a pretty close story, obviously, to my life. Super genius, custodian. You know, <laughs> that's obviously basically been my entire life story. Um, so it's kind of more of a biopic than anything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I really do. I do like that movie. Um, favorite TV show? It, it'll always be The Office for me. Um, okay. I mean, I'm a little bit older than you guys, and I think we were like more office driven. Uh, but I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't see it live, it. but sorry, I didn't watch it live. But yeah, I watched. See, it like, I remember like having friends come over to like watch on Thursday nights because like new episode of The Office was on. That's uh, but uh, yeah, truth be told, I I love television like more than movies nowadays. I used to be a really big movie guy, but I mean, uh, New Girl, The League, oh, yeah. uh, Parks and Rec. Uh, show on uh hulu called letter kenny i love it's a canadian tv show um yeah peaky blinders that's kind of like my you know intense kind of show uh game of thrones just watch that um good you know, it's, it's, i i can get into a tv show and be fine like i don't need to go out and hang out with friends like what are you doing that i i got things i gotta do and just click play you know but um yeah, favorite movie, um, Goodwill Hunting, favorite TV show, The Office. That's what I'd say. That sounds good with me. Yeah. Uh, I love The Office, New Girl. I watch Game of Thrones as well, too. So nice. I, like the, I like the range that we got right here. Yeah, I mean, I can find a lot of things entertaining, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just give me a storyline. I'll, I'll follow along. <laughs> uh, well, I have no more notes on you, no more insider information. Uh, is there anything else that you want to say before we wrap this up? Um, you know, no, just... Uh, hopefully people are learning something right like um and talking about you know shows and, and movies uh, the thing that i'm looking most forward to in in kind of the next decade or so is uh like game of thrones is a great example right like Tyrion, the, the dwarf character he was just a dwarf like and like and like there wasn't a whole elaborate story it was just like he was born with dwarfism yeah right Even i would love to see sorry Jamie with his hand yeah I would love to see more things that like 
a, a person with a disability or an impairment or, or anything it's just like a character and it's not even talked about because like that's just the normal thing right right, yeah. right? like that's like a character having blonde hair that's like a character you know having an accent or something like that it's like yeah that's what they are that's who that you know why would why wouldn't they because that's what they are right mm -hmm. um so i, I kind of like hopefully the direction of creating you know we're normal people right like you you're missing a leg my legs don't work that well i still have friends like I, you know i still eat meals right like i'm not just a leper cast away from society right but yeah. for some reason you, you don't see that like range of diversity in films and and like movies and things and i would really like to create more normalcy in that so i mean i i don't have the ability i'm not a filmmaker or anything like that but um you mentioned we you know before in our meeting before you know actually recording this kind of like you know what do you hope to see you know that that's something i hope to see is like more you know people with disabilities or impairments like being actors and, and being involved and and it not being a whole topic of conversation i think you can just talk to them and they can be a part of a, a role and 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 be vital to show and bring value you know what i mean yeah i no i agree and if there's any talent agencies out there i would uh, i'll nominate you as well as myself <laughs> uh, just like a little background extra maybe a few speaking roles like hundred. yeah 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 we'll take that yeah for uh, sure let's, yeah let's start getting rid of the stigma but like call us first um yeah yeah i'm i'm first in line but like let's get rid of the stigma but i'm definitely first in line I'm definitely, yeah uh, i could use a nice little resume filler right there so no, i'm very happy that you mentioned that because i i i do think about that often too yeah um and same thing like i i'd say the same thing like this guy has blonde hair this guy has brown hair. This guy has a prosthetic. Like it should right. be. This guy has a dis. Like it should just be in the same. same right. Scope. It, it literally changes the person in no way, shape, or form. You know? Exactly. Um, oh, I, I agree completely. No, but uh, you know, uh, hopefully, I go to Tokyo and and um, NBC announced unprecedented coverage of the Paralympics this year. So um, anyone listening to the podcast, I, I encourage you guys to tune in and support Team USA and, and just support the entire movement uh, in general. Uh, a lot of amazing people out there. And um, the more you tune in, the more you learn about these unbelievable stories. My, my story is pretty tame, actually. It's like kind of mundane. Actually. Like I was just born with it, right? Like I know a guy whose leg was bit off by a great white shark. Like that's insanity. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy. So um, the more you listen, the more you watch, the more you learn, um, the more you change and uh, the more people that get changed because of this, uh, the better this world is. So um, just encourage you guys to tune in and not just support me, but you know, everyone competing. Thank you for that. I think that's a really good place to leave it. Yeah. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. And uh, as always follow us on social media and, and we'll have uh, everyone else's information that has helped out uh, as well. So um, this has been the, the third rise podcast where inclusivity is our priority. Everyone have a good day.